0: fuck is up folks um so yet again i am doing an episode with absolutely um nothing prepared because i am an experienced podcaster who only only wants to put out the best um i did a podcast or i did a uh, live stream yesterday i think um and I was going to try to strip the audio and post that instead of recording, um, but I, I can't fucking figure it out, and my Wi-Fi is atrocious right now, because, get this shit, so, <laughs> I'm gonna put her on blast, um, my girlfriend's mom texted me while I was at my folks' house, and she goes, um, Her initial text was, uh, just FYI. I'm listening to Masked Singer. Yes, it is super loud. No, I'm not putting it down. So, the long and the short is, she she just straight up told me, basically, that I could go fuck myself. And she was going to watch TV as loud as she could, and she knows that that's a problem because I'm in the room directly next to her. Uh, and it's extremely loud and obnoxious, and the fact that she did that was childish, rude, and inconsiderate. Um, but yeah, so now I get to sit out on the porch, uh, and deal with shoddy Wi-Fi, because somebody's gotta have their masked singer, you know? But now that I got that off my chest and said that to someone, and don't have to say it to my girlfriend now, um, kind of decided that I would probably just go ahead and talk about the same shit I talked about on the live stream last night, um, because I can't figure out how to strip the audio, so I might as well just talk about it, um, so, basically what I was talking about, excuse me, basically what I was talking about was, I have this friend, right, and, uh, we've been friends for an insanely long time, when we were... Like, I want to say up until we were, like, six or seven, um, we went to the same church. And that might not mean anything to some people, but, like, I grew up extremely Protestant. And if anybody else has grown up extremely Protestant, you know how important church and all that shit is. Really, if anybody's ever grown up really religious, you know, um... So we were at church every single Sunday. We went to uh, children's church after service. And then we went to Sunday school. And then we went to fucking... It was basically like a youth group, but we were real little kids on Wednesdays. And then we, like, hung out outside of church, you know? But me and this kid Sam, we were, you know, really great friends. And then he ended up moving away. And I can't honestly remember why um and I'm sorry Sam if you're listening to this um (laughs) but I'm sure that I'm gonna say some stuff later in the podcast that's gonna piss you off even more so just hold hold your hold yourself (laughs) I'm sorry um so he's a he ended up moving away uh we kind of like remotely connected here for a little bit i think when i was like 17 and then recently this past year we connected on instagram i had been following him for a while and i think one of us eventually dm'd the other one um and we chatted for a while but then we kind of went our separate ways again and then i want to say like probably about a year ago he posted something about Bernie Sanders on Instagram, and this was back when I was basically still a liberal, um, super pro Bernie, super 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 in love with the guy, and um, what he had, what Sam had posted was negative towards Bernie. So of course, you know, I had to hop in the uh, hop in the comments, and I think I DM'd him, and kind of debated back and forth with him. Um, and then we didn't talk again for, like, another three months. And somehow or another, we ended up reconnecting. Uh, and we've been texting pretty frequently. Um, one second here. Um, so, the other day, yesterday, um, um, <laughs> he tweeted about Joe Jorgensen and why she... ...is the only viable candidate for president... Um, Oh my goodness, I just... (laughs) His background is Joe Jorgensen. Nice. Gotta love it. Uh, Oh, here it is. (laughs) Joe Jorgensen is not a viable candidate. In quotations. That that was. um, A coherent doctor with actual policy solutions and no sexual assault allegations? We must have a different, we must have different definitions of viable. Um, so I commented and I said, what policy solutions does she offer? So she just, he just sent me, um, her like, uh, website's agenda. Um, and I was like, I I did a, I did a whole podcast on her. I was like, um. You know, I I don't need to research it. So I go, name one thing. Just one thing. And he screenshots the agenda and sends it to me. Um, And essentially, one way or another, we ended up messaging back and forth. And so I'm not really... I won't go into specifics about the conversation. I did on my live stream, and I kind of felt gross about it. So I won't do that here. Um, If you want to hear it, it's on my live stream. You can go on my Twitch Finsky ninety nine, um, but basically, I was trying to have the conversation with him about how, like, at this point in time, where we are in history, and where we are with our economy—not just the United States, but with the global economy. You cannot, this is what I was trying to explain to him, was you cannot, at that point in time, try to implement libertarian policies. Because at this point in the United States, like for just one example, only six different corporations own almost 90% of media production in this country. And that means books, newspapers, magazines, television, television shows uh streaming shows movies um podcasts radio shows like all all your media six corporations um and since i'm at my laptop i can actually look those up for you folks um So six corporations that collectively control the U.S. media today are Time Warner, Walt Disney, Viacom, Rupert Murdoch's News Corp., the people who own Fox News, CBS Corporation, and NBC Universal. They own a 90% majority of all the media that you and I consume in the United States. So... Like, just for an example, saying that and then saying, how is something such as deregulating the economy or implementing more uh, free market policy going to make it so that those media corporations give, you know, unbiased media and would actually allow for others To make money, make capital off of the media. Because, as far as I'm concerned, it can't be a free market when, you know, only a certain percentage of the population can actually participate in the free market. And now, this is kind of where it's important to know what kind of libertarian he is, because. If you don't know, I'm only recently really beginning to understand this, but there's a spectrum of libertarian the same way that there's a spectrum of most politics in this country. You have your left libertarians, your right libertarians. If you're looking at a left libertarian, you're looking at someone who believes that the erasure of land ownership and capital will help to perpetuate a more free society, um, where people can pursue individuality, um, self-sustainability, things like that. And on the right-hand side, you actually have the opposite, of course. Funny how politics work. Um, On the right-hand side, you have a deregulation of the free market. You have um, essentially just an opening up of the economy for, quote-unquote, everyone to equally be able to participate in but where and if based on his conversation and the fact that one time i tweeted i hate people who call themselves politically liberal but economically conservative he commented on it and said me um so i'm pretty sure that's he falls more to the right that would make sense i mean he came from the same background as me and i used to be a conservative kid because that's what I grew up with but anywho um he uh so he seems to be on the right so then to that point I would say simply that how and obviously he can't debate back and forth Sam if you're listening to this I'd love to have a conversation maybe we can get you on the pod somehow but um if it, so let's say that happened let's say joe jorgensen wins the 2020 election um, first things first she walks in the oval office and completely removes all regulations on the economy such as you know tariffs and things like that that are crippling you know i'm trying to say this without laughing that are crippling um huge corporations and taking away money that could be had. Um, what about that would offer any solution to the plethora of problems we are facing right now? like for the for example, we're in the largest um, GDP drop in, Um, modern history in the United States in just three months um, and I've said this before we had a 32.7% drop in GDP and to all my non-economic majors um, such as myself um, the Great Depression was uh, I believe 6.6% drop in GDP over the course of a year I think Um, whereas that drop in the GDP was three months right there so what what that means is our gross domestic product I think so essentially the sum of all our goods and money as a country not the citizens but the government um, in the country like our natural resources our um, gold reserves things like that do we still have gold reserves I know we don't have <laughs> fucking natural resources um, right. But, so we had a 32.7% drop in our GDP in the first three months. Another big thing that happened was um, that was also caused because 57% of the United States economy is based on the service industry. So, just real quick, if I want to, you know, because Sam, when we were talking really wanted definitions for everything so i don't want to really avoid giving definitions so so according to this this oh jesus christ can we can the wi-fi work okay so a business that does not work for a customer and occasionally provides goods but is not involved in manufacturing that's the service industry the service sector is the third of the three economic sectors in the three-sector sec- theory. The others are a secondary th- sector, approximately the same as manufacturing, and primary sector, raw materials. So it's essentially, um, oh, does work for a customer. So it's like restaurants, um, your Walmarts, places like that, you know, um, where you and I consume goods. Um, 57% of our economy is based on that right there. So now, what about a global pandemic do you think might affect our ability as a country to earn money if 57% of our economy is essentially closed? Completely like the taps turned off. You can't. Because oh, there's a fucking virus that we decided we weren't going to take seriously and now is killing thousands of people. So 57% of our economy, we basically had to just completely just turn off. Three months in, 32.7% drop in GDP. Guess what? You guys can go to Applebee's again. um, And a good portion of our economy simply couldn't close. Like, Lowe's was still open, Walmart was still open, McDonald's was still open. Like, you can't close all of those places because our communities, our economy is based on that. Like, in, in my city, if Walmart, Lowe's, and McDonald's closed, I think maybe we would have two storefronts open. One would be uh, a lot... or two storefronts open i went i don't think if we closed all of that we wouldn't have anything and most places wouldn't because we don't have open air markets we don't have um small shops we don't have small grocery stores where you could go in boom boom bam get out get your groceries go like we have super stores we have an economy And really a a lifestyle that is based on these places. So three months in, you can go back to Applebee's. Not because it was safe, like I told all of my family. It's not like it's safe. It's because if they don't do that, our economy, more than it already is, will collapse. Flash forward to now, October 1st. What? what the fuck what the actual fuck has changed since when they first started opening restaurants again genuinely genuinely what has changed because as far as i can tell the only thing that has changed is our acceptance level of life as it is now because rather than taking the virus seriously, rather than closing things down and putting things in place so that people can get their food, people can you know, get a livable wage, people can get what they need during all of this and still stay home. Instead of doing anything like that, we closed restaurants and movie theaters, gyms, luxury places. We implemented almost no policies that actually helped people other than our unemployment insurance, which was six hundred only until two months ago, and now I believe it's three or four hundred, something like that. But if you are a family of three in this country, what the fuck is six hundred dollars a month going to get you? Really? Or six hundred dollars a week? We're like you can probably afford to live but like you in this country if you are not actively saving money you are losing money because everything in this country costs money because we're a capitalist society you got to go to the doctor you got to pay money you got to get your car fixed you got to pay money you got to find somewhere to live you got to pay money you got to eat tonight you got to pay money you got to go to college in order to get a high-paying job so that you can afford to buy all of these things, you gotta pay money. Like, you have no, no foundation in this country that would propel anyone who isn't born into wealth far enough forward to give themselves any kind of time to catch up. Like, at 18 years old, you have banks giving Children, children, $30,000 loans at 18 years old. At 16 years old, I broke my ankle, had three surgeries, did PT for two years, almost didn't walk for two years. I would have, if I wasn't so lucky to have been in the foster care system and adopted, and therefore getting government insurance, I could have had to pay some, sum amount of my $176,000 in medical bills at 16 years old. My parents, my dad worked at the same uh, machine shop his whole life, never made more than $60,000 a year. And my mom ran a daycare in our house. What the fuck could they do to pay $176,000 back? And then you got you got to think about the the interest on these absurd amounts of debt. Absurd. Absurd. $30,000 in this country is both so much money and so little money because it can literally buy you a semester of college. (laughs) There's $30,000. You know what else $30,000 can buy you? A car. You know what $30,000 can't buy you? A home. Probably food for a year Speaking of which um, In this conversation With my friend Sam At one point We were discussing um, Income inequality Now I didn't know this was a libertarian thing Um, And I kind of I kind of understand it In the sense that I can explain it out But it's not logical And it doesn't make sense So, he told me that income inequality and poverty are two different things. Speaking strictly on definition, yes, that is true. That's why they're called two different things. Um, But he also told me that in this country, uh, income inequality does not directly cause poverty. So I said, uh, yes, the fuck it does, because, duh. Uh, and he said, no, because income inequality has been growing at a steady rate over the last 20 years, and this year, we actually had an all-time low in our poverty rates in the United States, and I just Googled what is considered poverty in the United States, Links me directly to the IRS website. Click on it. Household of one, 18,000. Two, Three, And then it, it climbs steadily. Um, that's that, and under is what would be considered poverty. So he then told me that um, the reason. For that is because of advancement is because of capitalism leading towards innovation um, expanding markets uh, and allocating money properly to people which we'll, we'll talk about that in a second but so I said all right are you sure that it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that in this country you can have a household of three and make one more dollar than 21,000 and not be checked off as being considered impoverished or in poverty. And therefore, that, statistically speaking, would buff our numbers and make it look like we got pretty good, um, you know, pretty pretty good poverty rates. And now, I don't know about, I don't know about you guys, but, um, I don't think $21,000 is a lot of money. And the reason why I don't think $21,000 is a lot of money is because my father, like I said, made about forty dollars to $60,000 his whole life. Um, and in the last 10 years, uh, because he doesn't have insurance, uh, because his job fucked him out of his pension, because he doesn't have a, a, a pension, you know, uh, There's times he can't afford his heart medication. There's times that, uh, you know, they kind of got to go light on their groceries and stuff like that. And I know that sounds very privileged, like, you know, yeah, we, we can't go out to eat, we can't buy a lot of groceries, boo-hoo-hoo. But what that also means is... <laughs> If my dad had a heart attack right now, like he probably will, uh, he couldn't afford medical care. So either he'd be stuck with an impayable debt for the rest of his life, and then either me or one of my other siblings or my mom will have to pay that off. Um, or he just fucking dies. Or maybe not dies, but doesn't have the necessary medical treatments that he would require. Um, and that to me seems like poverty right like if if one occurrence car crash job loss uh, medical emergency if one event can throw you directly into bankruptcy then you have nothing you are in poverty you're just you're just pretending the same way that this system is pretending you know what i can't go to mcdonald's and spend less than three dollars that doesn't seem like much but imagine that i'm a, a single mother with three kids i work at mcdonald's uh, i gotta pay rent i gotta pay for all the shit for my kids pay my car bill i gotta pay for gas i gotta pay for health insurance i gotta pay for car insurance i gotta pay for maybe student loans a phone bill a wi-fi bill rent groceries and everything like that and i want to take my kids out to eat because i can't afford fucking groceries because in order to eat healthy you got to be able to afford fucking whole foods um so i'm taking them to mcdonald's take the order and they go $13 well guess what I don't have $13 because I don't make a livable wage at my job and there's no government policies that actually help me what they do is they actually are intended to keep me right above poverty right above completely like fucked as to quote unquote motivate me to get a job in a country where most entry-level jobs do not provide a livable wage, and therefore I would have to go back on welfare. Because that at least is going to put me over the poverty line. How the fuck are you going to sit here and tell me that we have an all-time low in poverty in this country? then after that conversation... I said, all right, (laughs) because he wasn't taking that as a definition um, of poverty. So I asked him, all right, so then what is a living wage to you? What is enough to afford everything that you need as an American citizen right now, say in a household of two? Or no, I gave him, you have a car, you have two kids, you have a wife, you both have jobs. And you rent an apartment. How much money do you think you would need? He could probably manage it on $30,000. Alright, so you as a 21-year-old as person. 22, I can't remember if you're older or younger than me. Um, you as an early 20-year-old person in your brain can only imagine a world where you can Manage to survive? In a post industrial world, one of the quote unquote wealthiest economies in the world, all that you think that you as a human being should deserve is to manage to survive? I think you need to start there, Sam. Um, And I don't know if you're listening to this, but if you are, I want you to hear this. I think you need to go into your mind's eye and discover why it is you think that you either deserve to sink or swim and that you deserve to sink or swim based off of your quote-unquote hard work in a society that hard work doesn't pay off. You know who worked hard? My grandparents who for over 60 years Or, sorry, over 50 years. Owned and operated. Wait, no, that's not true. 40 years, I think. Yeah, my grandfather bought it when he was 25. He retired when he was 70-something. So, about 50 years. For 50 years, owned and operated one of the only printing press companies in central New York. He was the... He was the printing place for all of the surrounding areas. All of the businesses, the city, uh, the police department, all over the place. So 50 years, he worked hard. My grandparents never, never went out to eat. They never were um, irresponsible with their funds, never never my grandma is not a penny pincher but she's surely a penny saver um and right now um if it weren't for social security guess what they wouldn't be able to afford their meds uh that are keeping both of them alive uh they rarely you know again they can't go out to eat they can't buy all the groceries they need They, it, like my grandma needed new shutters for our house and she's like I've seen her multiple times crying about how they don't know how they're going to be able to afford shutters on their home. And I know some might say that shutters are a luxury item. They are not necessary to life. But I will counter you with the point that as a libertarian, you believe that it is your individual right life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You want to know what makes my grandma happy? Having a good-looking house. She has to choose between her medication or new shutters on her house. If my grandma's car was to break down, she told me the other day they wouldn't be able to get a car. You know what uh, requires having a car? Being alive today. Being alive right now requires a car. So hard work doesn't pay off. They also are still two of the most proudest Americans you'll ever meet. They love this country more than I think anybody loves this country. But more importantly, Sam, they love God the way that you and they think you're supposed to. Now, I don't want to turn this into a religious conversation because obviously we aren't speaking directly, and so that's not fair. But I would like to just simply ask the question. You can respond if you are listening to this. Um, what is it in the Bible where it says that uh, God's true followers will flourish and prosper? Um... I mean, I know that it doesn't say that if you believe in God, you will be successful, but God's children are God's people. And would it not make sense that God's people would be rewarded for being true, true servants? Um, And if that's not true, then wouldn't it be true that a society that for, I don't know, since the day it's been created operated in this realm of absurdity that it is the place where people can go work hard and earn a true american dream and now of course there's a million different american dreams but in my in my head and what i feel like most people from my background picture it's a white picket fence nice nice little cute house big big yard you know happy smiling family that's the American dream. What about implementing policies that would allow corporations such as Amazon, such as um, BP, such as I don't know, ExxonMobil, all these massive corporations. The Waltons, you know, Bill Gates, what 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 about implementing policies that allows them an even more uh easily controlled piece of the pie that makes you think that you and i are going to get a slice and uh a lot of people of the libertarian mindset like to bring up the fixed pie myth oh The economy doesn't operate like a pie. If so-and-so eats four slices, that doesn't mean that there's just four slices left. There's more to be had. Cool, guess what? It's all had. We're too late, we're too late. There's nothing other than socialism that will actually fundamentally improve mine and yours material conditions. There is no economic policy. Other than socialism that will, and I'm not a diehard socialist, I'm just saying socialism right now. Socialism today in America and globally is the only thing that will currently fix our problems. And when I say our problems, I mean the people of this country that are supposed to be in power. Now, I'm not a die-hard America stan, that's for sure. But last time I checked, one of the fundamental beliefs that Americans have in this country is that we the people are the ones with the power. These politicians, they work for me. You know, my dad has said to cops before, fucking you work for me, asshole. Uh, First of all, no they don't. Um, They will kill you as is evident whenever you uh, read a story about a police officer, usually. Um, that's not true. Sometimes they play, play basketball with black kids, and people try to pretend that that uh, makes up for the fact that that police department has killed over 307 unarmed black people. Um, <coughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, there's, there's nothing about... Our current situation that could be solved by anything involving capitalism. And if you don't understand that, that's because you're being dogmatic. Uh, if you are someone who's a diehard libertarian, you're dogmatic. You are not operating in the realm of reality. You are not operating. In today's day and age, you are being dogmatic and you are holding to your beliefs simply for the sake that they are your beliefs. I know that a lot of people who are libertarians, and it's funny that this should be a crossover, I know that a lot of people who are libertarians are also huge debate team people. And therefore usually um, super into dialectical uh, discussion and philosophy so what is it about philosophy that teaches us that if we are directly proved wrong that we should hold on to our beliefs Because all I did was watch a fucking crash course series on philosophy. And I know that one of the main principles of philosophy is that when you are refuted, you can only accept it as the truth. If you want to hold true to your moral code of seeking truth. So i mean guys i'm not trying to be a dick really but what the fuck do you think is going to help if we give billionaires and soon to be trillionaires and all these huge fucking corporations breaks on tariffs uh uh, deregulated free market and a more vast private sector for things like um Education, police forces. Like, what about that makes you think that you and I are going to get even a fucking look, even a sniff, a little sniff of the fucking pie? <laughs> right now, with regulations, you and I haven't even seen a fucking pie our whole goddamn lives. And you, th- <laughs> you genuinely think that opening up the economy? the free market, free laissez-faire capitalism, what the fuck about that makes you think it's going to improve things? Let me collect myself. I'm sorry. I'm sure that this will not receive the response that I want it to from Sam when I send it to him because now I'm... I just decided I would like to send this to him. Um, I'm sure that my point is not being well-received because I am frustrated. And maybe I'm not offering enough pure points. And I'm being too sarcastic. And maybe it's coming off as rude. Sam, I love you. You know that. I just want you... I want you, at the end of the day, to be able to look in the mirror and genuinely, genuinely understand the world around you. Because, or I guess I meant to say walk out the door, not look into the mirror. Two different uh, phrases. But, because, here's the thing, genuinely, we are too late. We are too fucking late. Probably too late for any leftist policies to be implemented probably too late for the United States to continue to exist um, without killing us which it is and it will Um, but we're too late surely for anything other than socialist policies and really a socialist government and economy And I know, libertarians, we hate government because, oh, boo-hoo, it it took some of my monies from me, and it it means that I can't go out and shoot a transgender person with a cool joint in my mouth. Darn! But, what... (laughs) First of all, government is bad in your idea, in your eye. Um. speaking solely about libertarian beliefs government is bad because you are an American and we have one of the worst governments um not saying it's this big evil cabal but it's a bunch of bumbling fucking assholes who are just passing money between one another um that that can't be fixed that that can't be fixed by making things more laissez-faire by taking our hands off and our eyes away and just saying this is a free country let it be free um libertarian policies are really cool uh until you realize that social security will be privatized under joe jorgensen's current policies that she wants to implement uh libertarianism is also really cool when you realize that it's uh it's kind of more important to have uh more philosophy and understanding of the world around you other than like well if i'm allowed to do what i want i'm gonna be happy and i know maybe that that might not be how you see things sam but what what i do know is that because you're a libertarian you believe wholeheartedly in the the pursuing of individuality and self-sufficiency so let me ask you this right now and i'm telling you this just to prove a point right now if i lost my job I would have nothing, nothing. My parents have no money. My grandparents have no money. Most of my family has no money. My girlfriend and her family have no money. I might be able to get unemployment for a while, but again, like we said, unemployment is specifically designed to keep people right above poverty so that they have to try to get a job. And I know that there's people who misuse the welfare system and are able to live pretty good lives. But you also have to understand, one, that's not the rule. And two, their definition of pretty good lives is every time a new iPhone comes out, they buy it. But when their daughter has to go to the dentist and she has to get six teeth pulled because all she's ate her entire life is McDonald's, um, it's, it's not really like a good life. That all these uh, anti-welfare state people like to pretend it is. Um, most of my biological family has lived on welfare uh, for quite a time. And uh, I will have you know that my mother, who is a diabetic, can't afford her fucking insulin. So there's that. Um, she's on welfare. She's also schizophrenic and can't hold a job. So fuck her, right? I guess, maybe. But anyways... Um, so yeah, I can't. If I lost my job, I'd be fucked, right? What about essentially keeping the very system that exists for you and I? Because what I don't think you, libertarians understand is ninety percent of them uh, will see absolutely no change, absolutely fucking no change in their lives because of these economic and social changes. Because guess what, you're not a member of. The ruling class. You don't benefit from shit like that. What about the last twenty years? Makes you think that anything the, do having to do with the economy ever benefits you? What like what the fuck? Like, come on now. Let's let's pay attention here a little bit. Um, but so what? What about implementing policies that allow more laissez-faire economics? Do you think will change the situation that if I lost my job in? a year when Joe Jorgensen is president and unemployment insurance is uh, no longer a thing, but you can can, uh, apply to Amazon and they'll send you packages of food and stuff every month for the low, low price of $1,300 per box, Um, which it turns out, and you don't know this until you order for the first time, that the box is actually just a 6x6x6 six by six by six square that only one thing of cereal fits in. Uh, and I, by that I mean a bag of cereal, not even like cocoa, you know, like the good kind, like bagged cereal from Walmart. Um, so when that happens, what 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 about that, you know, all this money we're going to give to more corporations and more billionaires and more banks, what about that? is going to make it so that when I lose my job, because, I don't know, um, s- every job is automated, <laughs> when I lose my job, what the fuck am I going to do to survive? Like, really, I genuinely want an answer because there isn't one. Um, and here's the thing, Sam, and here's the thing to anybody who's a, a libertarian and listens to my podcast, there is more. There's more available than the systems that exist. Um, go a hundred years back, and half of the half of the way that our society is right now did not exist, and I'm sure that they were speaking about the same shit that we're speaking about now, saying. Well, actually, I do know for a fact, because 100 years ago was around the time that we actually had a socialist party in this country. And Eugene V. Debs was um, thrown in prison for speaking out against World War I and ran a successful political campaign, campaign in 1916 from inside a jail cell. So actually, 100 years ago, I know for a fact we were having the same conversation. And guess what? Even then, libertarianism wouldn't have worked even then you had J.P. Morgan you had all these millionaires that were already in control of society another hundred years back guess what you had a different form of the ruling class you had the first wave immigrants you had the non-Italians the non um Polish you had the 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 non uh the non-white immigrants coming And that is when you had a ruling class that was different, but nevertheless, libertarianism wouldn't have worked then either. The only time libertarianism would have worked, genuinely, in my opinion, is around the time that mercantilism became a thing. Because at that point, you actually had a society where, for the most part, the non-ruling class was equal. Of course, under libertarianism, the aristocracy... Uh, wow I butchered that the aristocracy wow, why can't I say this aristocracy would have still been in power and still been able to amass a huge amount of wealth and like I said in the text message about the uh, the pie every time a billionaire makes another billion dollars your twenty dollar bill is worth less and because you don't have a billion dollars You're fucked. And since you can't just make a billion dollars, and most people in this country have absolutely no chance of ever even making a million dollars in their lifetime, you're fucked. And you can't expect that anything other than more exploitation and oppression will come from opening the gates for these people. Because now, with regulations, and now, with a non-completely laissez-faire free market, you have exploitation and oppression, you have people hoarding money, taking away money from circulation, devaluing yours and mine, my own money, uh, slowly but surely gobbling up just about every aspect of consumerism, and essentially putting themselves above government in importance. People care more about what Amazon's deals are than who the fuck is running for their congressperson. And that's not to say, wow, we should really go out and vote and pay attention to the American government. No, burn that shit down. Fuck that. But even still, to my point, you can't expect that by just opening up the floodgates for these people... Shit's going to get better. It will undoubtedly get worse. And considering already where our environment is, where our economy is, where our health in this country is, we don't exactly have it in us for a hiccup. So I hate to say it, but Sam, you're wrong don't agree that's cool you're still wrong um but now on a little bit of a lighter mood uh let's uh let's go ahead and shift gears here and let's talk about some of the best one-liners from uh yesterday's debate um you guys you guys couldn't have thought that i was gonna go um Go without talking about it. Um, um Trump's best jabs twenty twenty debate. Oh god, this is completely gonna fuck up my search. fuck there's no like I was hoping there was going to be an article that's like the best jabs from last night's debate uh, but all of these fucking liberals and conservatives are pretending that this is the most important thing that's ever happened <clears throat> so there's there was a few that I loved now I think I've said it on one podcast before I hate Donald Trump I also hate Joe Biden I also hate just about everybody in our government um and our government But, uh, as, as a joke, of course, that's satire. Um, love you, America. Uh, but basically, uh, even though that is true, I still think that Donald Trump is one of the funniest fucking people alive, just in his outright dismissal of just fucking everything except for what he thinks, like so one of, one of the good ones was there was a point where Joe Biden was blabbering on about something and Donald Trump cuts him right off and he goes, Joe, did you just use the word smart? And he was like, what do you know about smart, basically? And then he, he just straight up roasts the kid and goes, didn't you come in last place in your class at Delaware State? Fucking just, <laughs> just toasting Joe Biden real quick. And then another one was, uh, um, Oh fucking hell! What did he say? Oh, when he was talking about how uh, Joe Biden is a part of the manifesto, the the leftist manifesto, and um, he talked, he was talking about how like you know trying to get Joe all pissed off, and then Joe was like, "Well, I beat Bernie Sanders," and then without missing a fucking beat, the 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 daddy that is. The orange man in office just fucking claps back and goes, just barely. <laughs> fucking just roasting the kid again. And then there was some other good points. Like, I, I, I it, as chaotic as... So, I didn't watch it live. I watched some of the highlights and then I watched, like, the first 30 minutes. Like, the actual C-SPAN stream. Um, and it is the most anxiety-inducing debate I have ever seen. And also, on top of that, it is also one of the, like, most, I'd say, middle school-esque debates. Like, do you guys remember when we had those mock elections for, like, uh, class president in, like, 7th and 8th grade? And, like, you would go out and be like, I, I pledge to get the cafeteria to get more Mountain Dew um, and to make it so that recess is two hours instead of a half an hour. Um, and shit like that. And then, like, essentially you would have, like, a classroom of kids just yelling at each other. At one point, probably. Or at least that happened to me. Um, that's basically what the debate last night was like. It was like a classroom of kids all mad at each other. Because one of them, I don't know, it's fucking said he was the best at minecraft or something like that um and then you got the whole class yelling at each other that's basically what last night's debate was but there's a point where chris wallace the moderator was trying to get them back on point as he did for most of the night attempt to do um and at you have donald trump just just debating with him just arguing with him about how he doesn't need to stop talking and how everything he's saying is right. And like, you know, I'm just, I'm just telling the truth or whatever he said, but like arguing with the moderator of the fucking debate. So great. And then I think my, um, my all time favorite moment was when, um, Oh fuck. Was when, I can't remember what topic it was, but Chris Wallace was like grilling Joe Biden, like gave him a pretty tough question, calling him into quite, I think, I don't think it had to do with the crime bill. I don't think they talked about the crime bill, but he was, he was putting Joe's feet to the fire about something. And then all of a sudden Donald Trump just hops in and just starts tag teaming Joe Biden with Chris Wallace and he didn't fucking do anything. They just both started berating. (laughs) So fucking phenomenal. Um. So, yeah, so if you watched the debate last night or even saw some of the highlights and you have any faith in the American government and the country, really, to continue to exist for another five years... You gotta grow up, man. Like we're we're doomed. It's over. It's over. We might live on. We might drive on some you know fumes for a while, and I think that that's what we're starting to do right now, and have been for the last year or two. But like we're, it's over. It's over. My only hope is that we can somehow or another have some form of a mass movement and get a a a leftist government in place, um, and. The first action should be completely secede all the states from the United States and then operate statewide. But, um, but instead of states, of course, they're their own countries. But unless that happens, we're fucked. Like, um, Most uh, scientists are giving us seven years until we reach the cap of our carbon emissions and therefore have absolutely nothing we can do to save the planet. <clears throat> Half of the country's on fire or actively being uh bombarded with natural disaster after natural disaster again you have six companies in this country who own all of the media on top of that you have probably about 30 to 40 people who own more than like 80 percent of the rest of this country and then on top of that you have a few billionaires that own more wealth than the rest of the world um So, yeah, unless, like, those people all somehow or another end up having, uh, some really vacant funeral services for themselves, um, this shit is not going to get better. And yet again, just to cap it off, it definitely won't get better by just trying another flavor of capitalism. Like, I I said this to my grandparents when I was talking. Sorry, Sam. I've used this not only on my live stream, but I've talked to my grandparents about it. And I'm using it as a podcast episode now. I apologize. Um, But fucking, I said to my grandparents, I was like, essentially what reforming our system looks like at this point. It'd be like if you had a 1970s just absolute beater car. Just fucking shot. Over 200,000 miles. You know what I mean? Your motor's gone. But every single day, you out to your, your car, you open up the hood, and you fix the f- same fucking piece on the engine. Just one piece. Maybe it's putting more motor oil in. Maybe it's getting a new valve. Maybe it's fucking, I don't know. To draining the coolant and putting more coolant in there but every single day you just do that and every single four years you got two dipshits up on the stage saying we're just going to try to do that again because remember how well it worked for us last time but then you got people like libertarians who believe that actually what you have to do is instead of fixing that part Man, you gotta go over here and fix this part, man. It's not the coolant, it's the oil. When it turns out the engine is actually just ashes, and you've been having an acid trip for the last 40 fucking decades. Four decades, sorry, not 40 decades. I meant to say 40 years, then I meant to say four decades. Four decades. And what I mean by that is, you gotta scrap the car, man. Take it for what it's worth get what you can out of it go get go get a new one you know and I know I've seemed probably pretty asshole this whole time I've kind of gotten an arrogance about me when I podcast because it's to sound cool and like I'm smart and stuff even though I'm insanely insecure uh, so I'm sorry um, I'm a dick sometimes I gotta work on that I apologize but I still stand by my points and I still stand by all the sarcastic comments I made because they were funny and they're also true. So that's it for me, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed me basically recording a conversation with my friend who could not say anything back to me. One of the most insane things I've ever done, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, I had, i've done much better episodes please just check them out i am so desperate for attention um if you don't like podcasts if you prefer something in written form i have a blog too annoying question boy no caps no spaces dot blogspot. dot com that's my blog i also have a youtube which yet again i have not posted a new video on um annoying question boy on youtube Uh, I do a live stream now sometimes. Uh, I'm going to try to make that kind of the replacement for podcasting because podcasting takes more time. I finally have an editing format software thing, so I edit my podcast kind of now. So, yeah, I do that. Twitch.com slash Finsky, F-I-N-N-S-K-I. Ninety nine, No space. No caps except for the F. Um, I also have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. At Annoying Question Boy. Uh, If you would like a certain topic talked about or you want to come on the show or something like that, go ahead and DM me. uh, I'm always looking to have guests on. I'm always looking for cool, new, interesting topics to talk about because I would... Very much love to avoid talking about the election again until one of them dies or November 3rd um, when I subsequently am suicided. And uh, everybody believes the story because I'm insanely depressed. Uh, Cool. I guess this is a moment to put on the podcast. Hey, guys, I don't want to kill myself. That's really cool, right? Even though I'm very depressed, I don't want to kill myself. Um, So if it ever turns out that one day i just killed myself no i didn't i was murdered um so yeah there's that uh i'm super glad that i had to record that and put that in the podcast mom aren't you so proud of me um so yeah everybody have a great rest of your uh next let's see month and two days uh until we all die and uh, I hope that you guys get as, uh, much oral sex as physically possible, uh, done to you. Because I want that for you. Um, of course, if you want that. If not, I hope you have a nice bagel. And, bye!